Pastor good afternoon and welcome to this week's episode of Perspective on Manx Radio. I'm Dolan Mercer here with you until two o'clock and William King has been wearing his producer hat this week. It's a slight change of format for this programme though. We don't join you live as we would normally. This is a pre-recorded programme and so whilst texts and emails will still be received, I'm afraid we won't be able to broadcast your contributions as we go along. The reason for that will become clear soon. But by all means, do still feel free to let us know your thoughts on anything you hear. You can use the hashtag MRPerspective on social media to continue the conversation. So, to kick off this week, I'd like to rewind back to the election campaigns before the start of this administration of the House of Keys. And, in particular, one candidate from the north of the island with some clear ideas for change. Dr Alex Allenson, a GP by profession, also served as a Ramsey Town Commissioner from 2008 to 2016. In his campaign to become an MHK, he spoke to John Moss. You've obviously been a commissioner for eight years. Um, would you see yourself majoring on constituency matters in Ramsey, or do you yearn to ascend the national stage? It has to be both. I have to represent the constituents of Ramsey, but also we've got some major changes and some major challenges as a country as a whole. We've got some laws we need to change, particularly the, the law on abortion on the island. We've got to bring the public sector pensions in, into line and make sure that the people who are paying into it, including myself, are protected. We've got to look at our laws... We've got to look at the number of people we put into prison on this country, but we've also, the main thing is to protect the economy so we can pay for health and education. Dr Alex Allenson there. In his manifesto, he concentrated on an array of topics, but for many people, one stood out. He said, I strongly disagree with the 1995 Abortion Act and would like to see it reformed. Although abortion is legal on the island, most women are forced to travel and pay privately for terminations in the UK. The current act is almost medieval in the way it treats victims of rape and has no place in a modern society. As a husband, father and brother, I fully support the campaign to modernise legislation we should provide safe early medical terminations where possible and support for women who make the difficult decision that they cannot continue with a pregnancy. That was summer 2016. Fast forward to Friday, the 24th of May. Reformed abortion law came into effect on the Isle of Man. This means a woman on the island can now have a pregnancy terminated up to 14 weeks by request and up to 24 weeks in cases of fetal abnormalities, serious social reasons, where the life of the mother is at risk, or if the child would die or suffer seriously shortly after birth. This new law shows that the Isle of Man is not afraid to be progressive. That's the words of a spokesperson for the Campaign for Abortion Law Modernisation, or CALM, one of the major players in a fight for reform on Manx shores. So... This week's episode of Perspective seeks to plot a timeline of discussion about one of the defining social issues of a generation. We'll be following the journey of this bill, now law, from its humble beginnings through protests, amendments and petitions to last week when the law came into effect. From summer 2016 then to January 2017. Time now for some extracts from Dr Alex Allenson as he addressed his colleagues in the House of Keys. 
The member for Ramsey filed a motion requesting that leave be given to introduce a private member's bill to restate with amendments the law relating to abortion and for connected purposes. Dear Honourable Members, 2017 marked 50 years since David Steele brought in legislation which legalised abortion in the UK. It wasn't until 1995, now 22 years ago, that this Parliament addressed the issue with its own Termination of Pregnancy Act. Since then, many things have changed, especially society's attitudes and expectations. Now is the time for us to bring our legislation up to date and ensure it provides protection and healthcare for the women of this island. So if I may, I'd like to explain the acts that we currently have to work around on the island. And I say work around as I see it as an unjust and unfair act which is meant to guarantee the legal safety of the medical profession and the state, but at the expense of pregnant women. Abortion is legal and can be carried out only in an NHS hospital by a surgeon if they and another medical practitioner form the opinion, in good faith, that either the continuance of the pregnancy would involve a substantial risk to the life of the pregnant woman, or the termination is necessary to prevent grave permanent injury to either the physical or mental health of the woman. If the abortion is for mental health reasons, the other agreeing medical practitioner must be a consultant psychiatrist. Section 3 of the Act relates to terminations past 24 weeks, when it is the duty of the surgeon to, and I quote, perform a termination in such a manner as is best calculated to preserve the life of the child. Our Attorney General has recently questioned whether it is legal for a consultant obstetrician to refer a pregnant woman to a tertiary centre in the UK for termination if she is even one day over this 24-week cut-off. Section 4 allows terminations up to 24 weeks if the surgeon is of the opinion, formed in good faith, that there is a substantial risk that if the child were to be born at full term, it would suffer from such physical and mental abnormalities either to be unlikely to survive the birth or to be seriously handicapped. Tim will debate the wording and meaning of this term endlessly and concluded that serious handicap exists if that handicap is not capable of being cured or substantially relieved by treatment or by the passage of time. Clause 5 refers to the 1872 Criminal Code and gave the medical profession indemnity from prosecution for performing an abortion in cases of rape or incest. In the 1990s, we will never know how many women were victims of abuse, but abuse continues to this day, and there's been an increasing reporting of historical cases of abuse in the island since the issue was highlighted by the investigations into Jimmy Savile. But to ask for a termination if you, be, if you have been abused, a woman must be less than 12 weeks pregnant, produce an affidavit or other evidence under oath <coughs> that the offence occurred, has to make a complaint to the police, and even then can only have the termination if the doctors believe her. BPAS give excellent telephone advice and actually offer a slight discount for women coming from the Isle of Man. A private termination can cost between £500 and £1,700. However, the cost of the procedure are compounded by the price of ferry crossings or flights off the island. Sometimes it can cost several hundred pounds to fly to the UK at short notice, or bad weather can make any travel impossible. Having to choose between paying your rent, clothing your children, or feeding yourself, rather than paying for a private termination in another country, cannot be a civilised and just situation for women in their families to face in the 21st century. 
And yet this is the situation faced by an estimated 105 Manx women every year. I say estimated, as some travel across and give a UK address to access free NHS care. Others are obtaining mifeprestone and misoprostol online and carrying out their own medical terminations at home. The Isle of Man Post Office routinely searches mail for imported drugs and pharmaceuticals and are reporting increased numbers of women arranging their own termination in this way. Contraception, family planning and terminations are an intrinsic part of women's healthcare. Terminations are part of healthcare. The new Manx National Health and Care Act 2016 states that healthcare should be comprehensive and available to all, but it's clearly not. I stand before you today asking for your permission to draft a new bill, a bill which recognises that the majority of abortions now carried out in the UK and Europe involve administering two pills to induce a miscarriage. Access to early medical <coughs> abortion is extremely safe and effective. A new bill would allow abortion to be an option up to 14 weeks if requested by a woman who is distressed at finding herself unintentionally pregnant. From 14 to 24 weeks, abortion should be available if there are serious maternal health concerns, serious social grounds, or severe fetal abnormalities. Late terminations over 24 weeks are incredibly rare and account for only 0.1% of all abortions carried out in the UK. They should only ever be available if the pregnant woman's life is in danger, where there are fatal fetal abnormalities or where there is a substantial risk of severe disability of the foetus. I completely understand that many people have problems with late terminations, but in practice any woman who requires one will be referred to an appropriate foetal medical specialist in the UK for full counselling and discussion of all options. If a woman becomes pregnant as the result of rape or incest, she should not be compelled to report the crime, swear an oath or affidavit, or undergo any medical examination just to permit an abortion. Appropriate victim support and counselling must be offered, as well as information about how to report the crime <coughs> should the woman wish to. What I beg your leave to do is to go away today and start a consultation with medical professionals about how we provide a better, cost-effective service for the women of this island. To work with our legal drafters to look at how other members of the Commonwealth have created laws to tackle this difficult medical and moral issue. I will give you a commitment that any bill will go out for full consultation when it has been presented to this House. I would support it being discussed by a scrutiny committee at a later stage in the legislative process to ensure that it provides the service women on this island need. But let us have something concrete to debate. Let us put our energy into creating good and fair legislation rather than return to the same old arguments of previous decades. Some of you may be worried that reforming the abortion law will somehow open the floodgates and increase the number of women having terminations. Paradoxically, the opposite is true. Worldwide, the provision of adequate contraception for men and women and more effective sex education is leading to lower teenage pregnancy rates and lower abortion rates. Most abortions now requested in the UK are from women in their 20s and 30s, and the vast majority have used the failure of contraceptives rather than not using them. Those countries with easier access to safe early abortion on request have lower abortion rates, as women are able to make informed choice without stigma or shame. The Isle of Man is a forward-thinking, progressive and inclusive 
inclusive society. We've led the world in votes for women and those over 16 years old. We have a civil partnership legislation far more progressive than in the neighbouring islands and our soon-to-be-debated equality law has the potential to be one of the best in the world. Now is our chance to lead the way in abortion law reform, to show those campaigning in Ireland and elsewhere that a small jurisdiction can have the political courage and strength to create a just law which recognises religious and moral beliefs but provides for safe and effective reproductive health care for women. In a week when millions of women marched across the world in support of their rights, would it not be seen as a sign of hope if this House agrees to listen to Manx women in support of abortion law reform? I would like to thank you for your time today to consider this difficult issue. I ask you to support the motion and to, clear a and to send a clear sign that this is a government for change, for action, progress and hope. Thank you. And I beg to, to introduce this bill in my name. That was Dr Alex Allenson there addressing the House of Keys in January 2017 as he sought leave to introduce a private member's bill on abortion law reform. What ensued was healthy debate in the chamber. Several amendments to his motion were proposed, the main one from Chris Robertshaw, who said leave to introduce the private member's bill should not be given until sufficient evidence has been collected to establish the need for change in the law. He also wanted a select committee established to determine whether a law change was needed at all. There were then two further attempts to change the motion, one by Tim Baker and one from Bill Malarkey. All three of those proposals were voted down, with just Chris Robertshaw, Infrastructure Minister Ray Harmer, Education Minister Graham Crudeen and Treasury Minister Alf Cannon consistently voting in favour of the amendments proposed. The court then voted on Dr Allenson's original motion and the result was 21 votes in favour, three against. So his wishes were granted, with Ray Harmer, Chris Robertshaw and Kate Beecroft, the members who voted against. Mr Speaker Dewan Watterson was one of several to praise the quality of the debate in his concluding comments. In the introduction to the programme, I mentioned the Campaign for Abortion Law Modernisation, or CALM. They are one of a number of groups that have been hugely vocal about what is a divisive and highly emotional issue for a significant proportion of society. Well, the following morning on Mandate, both Dr Allinson and a spokesperson of CALM gave their reactions to that debate. Introduced by Tim Glover. So politicians have voted in favour of reopening the debate on reforming abortion laws. A call to give island women the same rights as those in England, Scotland and Wales was brought before the House of Keys by Ramsey MHK Alex Allenson. As it stands, abortions are only permitted locally following a rape or on mental health grounds. Dr Allenson has now been granted leave to introduce a private member's bill. James Davis spoke to him after yesterday's Keys sitting. What we're talking about here is to have a completely different law that suits us, that suits us and actually works for the women of this island to provide a decent service. You say women there, is that, do they come first? Who, who comes first here? The woman or the child? Again, that's part of the debate in terms of the right of the unborn fetus. It has to be a balanced viewpoint that you have to look after the, the, the physical health and mental health of that woman who's pregnant. 
But at the same time, I would never go the way of some people in terms of abortion on demand till, to term. And I don't think anyone else would either. I mean, I mean, these proposals are going to be drawn up. Nothing's going to change in a hurry. I think that's been widely accepted, whatever happens now. But is this potentially in the medium to long term making it easier to abort an unborn child? In answer to that question, bluntly, yes, it will be. At the moment, there are lots of structural barriers to getting the health care that they need. So the idea about a new law is to break down those barriers. However, we had a really strong commitment from the Chief Minister today to invest in counselling, in education and in support for women at the early stages of pregnancy. And I hope that with that support, being able to give women the breathing space that they can make an informed and rational choice about whether they want to carry on with that pregnancy or not. So we may actually find that with that extra support, less women actually want abortion. Are high levels of abortion not a sign of failure, really, to, to recognise the value of each human being? Exactly, they are. And when you look at... But, but this, this doesn't back that up, does it? No, but when you look at different countries around the world, those places with the most restrictive laws have the highest abortion rate. And those places, such as the Netherlands, who have a very good system of offering abortion actually have very low abortion rates because they also invest in contraceptive services and in decent counselling for people to support them. What this um, vote does today isn't to create a law, isn't to change the law by tomorrow. It's to start quite a long process of me sitting down with some of the legal drafters and they have time set aside purely for private members' bills to come up with a bill, to come up with a bill that conforms to our laws on this island, that's fit for purpose, that then I can come back to government for decent consultation, decent discussion. So it gives us some concrete proposals on the table to debate. And what, what would you, have you got an ideal in your mind here? I appreciate there's a long way to go. Would you want to see uh, abortion being an option on the island for up to 12 weeks, say, for up to 24 weeks, for up to six weeks? Have you got an ideal in your head? And, and obviously, would this only be for people in exceptional circumstances where the, the baby may be ill, there may be mental health issues in the event of rape? Or would it be across the board? It's a very good question. My own personal feeling is I'd like to see abortion on request by a woman given the right counselling up to 14 weeks. After 14 weeks, up to 24 weeks, I think abortion should only be done when there are quite serious problems with the woman's physical or mental health or serious problems with the baby's development. And any abortions over 24 weeks should only ever be, be done for really serious problems with the woman's health, like the fact that the, you know that this is threatening their health, or fatal fetal abnormality, where the baby really doesn't have a chance to survive. But again, people have to have the right support and counselling to make these very hard decisions. Nobody's going to force any woman to have a termination, and those women who don't want a termination should be supported to the utmost to carry on with that pregnancy. That's Dr Alex Allenson. Well, there was a small demonstration, as we heard yesterday, outside government offices. That was the uh, pro-life group Humanity and Equality in Abortion Reform, or HERE. Uh, some members on the opposite side of the campaign, a campaign for abortion law modernisation, were in the House of Keys watching proceedings. Well, James Davis got this reaction afterwards from Samantha Hurd. We are absolutely thrilled. It was a really fantastic debate, a really good quality debate and uh, really quite edge of a seat stuff. And we're so delighted that we now have a path forward through the private members bill process. It struck me listening to the, the, the whole thing, which lasted, let's be honest, uh, over two hours, 
uh, that that actually the two groups aren't too far apart in many aspects that that, that there will never be total consensus but actually you're not completely diametrically opposed I think it's fair to say that there was consensus amongst the House that reform needs to happen in some shape or form. Um, I think I like to, to sort of see CARM as occupying the middle ground. We're certainly not an extreme viewpoint. We don't believe that abortion should be available on demand until full term for any reason. Uh, we actually say that there should be limits, safeguards, counselling. Um, and so it's great to know that, um, you know, that, that viewpoint is being taken on board. What happens now? Is there a concern that this could ultimately still get stuck in, in in the long grants for want of a better phrase because at some point or another there will need to be more detailed evidence considered from a whole host of bodies and individuals this, this isn't going to be a quick fix either no, way is no. it this is just the first stage so what will happen now is some uh, legislation will be drafted it will be uh, uh, debated there will be evidence taken from um, committee, there will be uh, public consultation as well. So this isn't just like, right, okay, here you go, here's go, gung-ho, this is what we're doing. It's actually just the very first step on a long process, but the fact is we've started that process. And just finally, how long do you think it will be before any decision is made whether or not the abortion laws in the island are reformed, stroke modernised, stroke tweaked? I, po I possibly, I couldn't possibly say how long I think it's going to take, but the fact is it's not going to be another decade. Samantha Hurd of the Campaign for Abortion Law Modernisation there, speaking to James Davis. But not everybody was pleased, though. Now on uh, mandates, we've heard from uh, Dr Alex Allinson and Calm in the ongoing debate over reforming abortion laws. Let's hear from the local pro-life group Humanity and Equality in Abortion Reform, or HERE. As they're also known. Around a dozen members demonstrated outside government office yesterday before the House of Keys voted 21 to 3 in favour of allowing Dr Allenson to bring forward a private members bill. Tim Glover got reaction from Hannah Grove of here. Obviously I think initially um, we're disappointed um, by the decision made yesterday uh, to proceed in reviewing abortion legislation. Um, personally more so really dis um, disappointed that none of the MHK's uh, made any mention of the humanity and the right to the life of the unborn child. Um, I was expecting that to um, really be at the forefront of the uh, of the discussion, but um, nonetheless, um, initial disappointment. But I think looking forward, it could lead to some really interesting open um, discussions. Um, Is, isn't that which, the point you know, that yeah, this week was about opening up the debate rather than actually really talking about the issues? Yeah, absolutely. I really hope that um, we can look for some common ground now um, between ourselves and um, CALM um, and hopefully look forward to some informed dialogue um, in the near future. How did you feel your protest outside uh, the government offices went? Um, I, I feel that it was positive. Our, our purpose yesterday was just to um, be present, just to make people know that um, we're here and, um, you know, not, not to specifically get any um, particular message across yesterday, just, just to be present, really, outside. So that was fairly easy to accomplish by being present. I was slightly disappointed that we didn't have anyone from, um, from CALM um, come and represent themselves. I was quite looking forward to uh, introducing myself um, to them, and unfortunately their, their protest was postponed. So hopefully in the near future we'll get a chance to, uh, to meet and have, um, have a nice discussion. 
that they uh, attended. Did any of your representatives uh, attend the actual debate? Yes, we did. I think we had um, yep. four or five from our, our side um, uh, did go in. Unfortunately, there were quite a few of us that had babies with us. Uh, and of course, you're not allowed to have babies inside. So we all had to... Uh, nip off and warm up with a cup of coffee um, but there was about four or five of our representatives that went inside to watch yeah obviously this is going to all take time so where do you you've already mentioned you quite like to sit down and have a chat with calm but where do you go now um i think looking to the future um we'll prepare to have a look at dr allenson's bill obviously um analyze it and really make sure that everyone in timwald is is fully informed on the debate i think that's our next priority have you spoken with Dr. Allenson? No, personally, I haven't um, yet. But again, that's, that could be something that happens in the near future. Hannah Grove of the anti-abortion group here, there, speaking to Tim Glover and introduced by Ed Oldham. So that was January 2017. After Dr. Allenson was granted leave to introduce a private member's bill, members of Tinwald continue to familiarise themselves with all of the arguments both for and against changing the legal framework. In March 2017, parliamentarians began listening to perspectives from overseas on the issue. Now, members of Timbald were addressed by a trio of academics yesterday who've been studying and, and have produced a report on the situation regarding abortion in Northern Ireland. The talk delivered by Dr Deirdre Duffy, a senior lecturer in social policy at Ulster University, Dr Fiona Bloomer, who's a lecturer in social policy at Ulster University again, and Claire Pearson, a research assistant at Manchester Metropolitan University. They were invited across to the Isle of Man by Ramsey MHK Dr Alex Allenson, who's pushing for abortion law reform here. Ed Oldham spoke to the three after they gave their talk, starting with Dr Bloomer. Our role really is to give an overview of the current legislative challenges regarding access to abortion in Northern Ireland and then the, the reality of that access for the women seeking services. Um, so we have flagged up, um, for instance, the, the problems with the, the guidelines uh, for health professionals, the long battle over um, the, the need for, for guidelines to be issued by the Department of Health in Northern Ireland who resisted that for so long and in fact only issued them after a judicial review um, and we look at the reality of how that um, impacted on the health professionals who were left for so long with vague guidelines um, um, but also then uh, when guidelines were introduced in 2013 they caused a lot of problems they really brought about a chill factor for health professionals. Dr Pearson can you outline some of those uh, issues for us please? Well, one of the key issues would be that the policy required um, practitioners to report if they thought an illegal abortion had been performed within a hospital or clinic, um, which meant that under the law, the law is grey, so deciding when a legal or illegal abortion has been performed is quite difficult. This would have meant someone, for example, a receptionist in a hospital would have been required to report if she had been typing notes and thought an abortion had been performed illegally, which meant that practitioners really was a huge fear about actually providing even what would be legal abortions. So we saw the number of women travelling rising, the number of women accessing the abortion pill rising. Women were not being provided with abortions that would be legal within the Northern Ireland laws that currently stands because of this fear that came out of the guidelines. How much of a desire in Northern Ireland then is there for further reform of this? 
Well, I think if you look at the public uh, opinion surveys that have been uh, carried out on a repeated basis, particularly over the last five years, um, you'll see there's a, um, a huge sense of support for, for reform. Um, there's a small minority who are hostile to that, um, but overwhelmingly the, the population in Northern Ireland are ready for reform. They also have good support from the trade union movement, um, from activist organisations such as Alliance for Choice. Um, we have more of our politicians now coming out and being vocal about their pro-choice views. Um, so I, I think there's a general sense that uh, reform is needed, reform is wanted, but, um, but there are barriers in the way. What sort of a reaction did you get from Timor members today? What sort of questions were you being asked? Um, well, I, could, I think you could see straight away from um, the questions that the audience very much got the, the issues that we were addressing. They were asking for additional clarification on points, um, but I think very much they were um, convinced by you know the data that we had presented. That, you know, as Claire said, a clear sense of uh, women accessing abortion but having enormous difficulties in doing so, um, and um, I. Th- you know, I think they were able to um, take on board the challenges in the current legal context and how that had created serious problems for our health professionals and, and that's a particularly worrying issue for the health professionals um, because they believe their um, the situation there is, is clearly unworkable. Dr oh. Duffy, do you believe that there are similarities between the situation in Northern Ireland and what's been happening in the Isle of Man? Yes, um, I think there's... Uh, women from the Isle of Man have to leave one health system and enter another uh, creates a break between the two and means there is a natural gap that, or an unnatural gap that women fall through. So there is no forwarding of information to GPs in order to follow up aftercare and there are no consistent care pathways for people who may have complex medical conditions. Um, there are no mechanisms for tracing infection and there are no points to alert where a hemorrhage may be taking place. So the risk to health and the brokenness are similar in both jurisdictions. Dr Deirdre Duffy, Dr Fiona Bloomer and Claire Pearson there speaking to Ed after their visit yesterday, after their presentation to members of Timwald. And thank you to James Davis there for that introduction. That was March. In June, some interesting statistics about the number of women travelling to the UK for an abortion. It's been revealed 88 women from the island travelled to England for an abortion last year. The figures from the Department of Health in the UK show a drop of 17 on the year before. Manx residents made up almost 2% of the 4,810 non-English women who underwent the procedure there in 2016. Terminations are only allowed under specific conditions here in the island. But proposals are presently being drafted for a private members' bill in Timwald, which could liberalise the laws. Howard Kane with that. But even those statistics sparked some more disagreement between what were becoming two increasingly vocal sides of an emotive argument. A pro-choice campaign group says figures showing fewer women travelled from the Isle of Man to the UK for abortions last year don't show the full picture. New data from the UK Department of Health reveals a decrease in the number to 88 in 2016, down from 105 the previous year. That is said to be the lowest official figure in more than a decade. But Samantha Heard from pro-choice campaign group Calm says it may not indicate a decline in the number of Manx women seeking terminations off Ireland as unrecorded procedures are not counted. 
The island's pro-life group here has welcomed the news, but says it highlights a dire situation where overly permissive laws have allowed 186,000 abortions in the UK in a single year. Ms Heard says that's an unacceptable stance. They're utterly deluded. They're deluded to think that only 88 women are having abortions and isn't that something to celebrate? They're deluded not to realise that women are going online. They're deluded not to realise that women are giving UK addresses. And, um, you know, I think that it's very great to pretend we live in this utopian world that where abortion isn't available, it doesn't happen. But that's not the case. What happens is it happens illegally. It happens dangerously. Now, at the top of the programme, I began this timeline from Dr Allenson's pre-election manifesto in summer and autumn 2016. But even prior to that, tensions between those with quite polarised views had been simmering. In March 2016, the Positive Action Group said changes to island laws on abortion were long overdue. And the campaign for abortion law modernisation had been gathering pace in that spring too, with meetings at the Manx Legion Club on Market Hill in Douglas to plan lobbying of would-be MHKs ahead of the general election. Campaigners aiming to update the island's abortion legislation say they'll be stepping up the pressure on politicians as September's general election approaches. Last night, the Campaign for Abortion Law Modernisation held a public meeting in Douglas to discuss its future strategy. Members were told freedom of information requests on UK authorities had revealed two women from the island travel across each week for terminations. The Manx government doesn't track the figures. Susie Holland from the campaign says they'll be protesting outside Timwald this month. Next Tuesday, which is the 21st of June, we'll be outside the Timwald buildings um, in the morning. And the idea is... I. We obviously need to get this in front of our current MHKs, MLCs and everybody else in our court. Um, but we also want to raise the awareness of the campaign amongst the general public. And the awareness on the island is growing without a doubt. And we've had some extraordinarily good feedback from a lot of different places and a lot of different people. Susie Holland there. So the campaign was by no means a new one upon Dr Allenson's successful election. But just over a year after Mrs Holland's words, public protests accelerated to a whole new level on Tinwald Day 2017. As you know, it was Tinwald Day yesterday and part of the ceremony was Parliament petition. We've heard from that side. But what about protest? Well, it's uncommon on Tinwald Day, but not unheard of. Individuals and groups have in the past used the very public occasion to raise issues about which they are passionate. Laws criminalising homosexuality were famously thrust into the spotlight in 1991 when a protester appeared in striped pyjamas, suggestive of a concentration camp prisoner. Now, Yesterday, a group of women turned some heads when they walked onto the field at Tinwald Hill dressed as characters from TV show The Handmaid's Tale. Now that it's also a novel by Margaret Atwood currently being serialised, it depicts a class of women used purely for reproductive purposes. Their bodies vessels for babies, very striking stuff. The pro-choice campaigners yesterday wore the costumes from the drama to make a strong, silent visual protest. Howard Kane was there. He spoke to one of them. We're a group uh, calling ourselves Handmaid's IOM and we're representative of The Handmaid's Tale as Margaret Atwood wrote about to show how women being subjugated and having their reproductive rights taken away is unfair. And just tell us a bit about the costumes, because you're all in identical costumes. You have white bonnets on, red veils, and then you've also got the red cloaks on as well. Yes, this is representative again from the 
the book by Margaret Atwood, The Handmaid's Tale, which is also currently on Channel 4 as a television series. And it's representative of a regime where women became nothing but walking wombs, and that's all they were good for. So, is it something, obviously you all feel strongly about it, is it something you're hoping today by what you're just going to be standing here, you're hoping people, then, uh, I see you're handing out leaflets, are you? We have small slips with quotes from the book and also just an explanation of why we think that it's important women are given a choice on the Isle of Man and that that choice shouldn't be dependent on how much cash you have, whether you can afford to leave the island to make those reproductive choices. Do you think it's something which really needs addressing in the 21st century it's, it feels like there should be more choice are we lagging behind the times yes absolutely it's completely wrong that we have to make this protest that we have such a restriction of choice on the isle of man we shouldn't be lagging behind when we've been so progressive in so many ways one of the first countries in the world to give women the vote one of the longest obviously the longest parliament and yet here we are that women do not have the choice of what to do with their own bodies and other people are trying to dictate to them what they can and can't do. You're making a silent protest here today. Are you making any other uh, demonstrations or indeed representations to government? Given the fact that there is already a bill going through at the moment, we obviously aren't making a petition today, but this is certainly something that we support and we feel is very important and we may appear again and it's certainly something we, we will hope to do just to show how we feel about these things. Who actually came up with this concept? Because it's very striking and a very elegant way to make your point. Um, it was something that I had um, considered on the day recently where a religious group felt the need to protest in Douglas in a very public way and a way that was quite upsetting to a number of people. And it just felt that that needed a reaction with nothing against people having their own religious views absolutely that's something that's a personal choice as is this what sort of reaction have you been getting so far around uh, the Timble day today lots of people have been taking photographs we've had some people saying you know well done and thank you very much for doing this for us ladies so far we haven't had any negative comments but that's not to say that they're not happy behind our backs obviously it's quite hard to um, you know the idea of these costumes in the wings are quite restrictive and that was designed to subjugate women so obviously we can't necessarily hear everything that's happening around us well it has been a mixed bag of comments i think it's fair to say alex there's been some positive and some negative uh, for this uh, this group and uh, you've got a flavor of them a mixed bag james yeah as you'd expect maureen's been on touch on facebook says not a lot of visual impact made by the silent protesters if no one knew what they were doing well emma replied and said well, people are talking about it now, so obviously that's the point, isn't it? Margaret says it looked like a, a team from Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Fiona says, I must admit, she felt slightly intimidated by them as uh, she didn't understand their purpose. She noticed them, took slips of paper from them, and uh, many read it, she says. Many shook their heads. Alex Bell there with that introduction. And not long after the Tinwald Day protests came the next step in the process. Abortion was to be put to the public for consultation. New laws which would overhaul the island's stance on abortion have been unveiled. If approved by Tinwald, the rules will allow women to undergo terminations here on the island up to 14 weeks into pregnancy for any reason. Also built into the planned legislation are measures for counselling and safeguarding women who choose to undergo the procedure. A consultation on the draft bill is now underway. It's been brought forward by Ramsey MHK Dr Alex Allenson. He told Alex Bell he's expecting a wide variety of responses.
whenever you open um, things up for public consultation, you're going to get uh, groups from outside the island c- c- coming in. I welcome their comments, to be honest with you, because we can learn from other jurisdictions. There is a bit on, on the consultation which says, do you live on the Isle of Man? Are you resident here? But also I want the views from people who are perhaps off the island at the moment, students, people who have moved away but are planning to come back. What sort of nation do you want? What sort of message do you want the Isle of Man government to be putting out? Because I think a progressive... Um, modern abortion act would send out a really positive message both to the uk who've got a 50 year old act and to ireland as well who are struggling with exactly the same conversation and discussion as we are here i'd like to focus on one thing which is mentioned in the in the draft bill there safety zones around abortion centers should they be established that's one thing we've not really heard much about because of course you you do hear in the news acts of violence committed against abortion doctors, against people who are pro-abortion, against people who have had abortions. But included in this Manx draft legislation is the facility to establish or what you call safety zones. Yeah, it's a very good question, but something that, that's come up, as you say, in other countries, particularly Australia and Canada, where you've got very vociferous people who, who are against abortion full stop and can turn violent. We've seen that also in Northern Ireland, um, where people have been attacked trying to get access to abortion services, staff as well as women needing needing the health care. I hope we never get to that stage on the Isle of Man, but but I think it, it's it's sensible at the moment. What one of the questions on, on on the consultation is to ask whether people think we need that now, whether we need to future-proof legislation, because if we are going to have a better health service here that that caters for women needing um, terminations as part of family planning, perhaps we need to have some safeguards built in around that. Well, the consultation will be open for six weeks, standard form. In that time, you'll be wanting to get as many people involved as possible. I, I, I do genuinely want to get people from, from both you know, sides of the spectrum, those who, who, are, who are anti-abortion, those who are pro-abortion, but fundamentally that vast majority of people in, 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 in the medium, in, in middle who actually agree with reform of, of our existing act so that although we've got abortion on the island, it is accessible. That's the main thing. And it's not just dependent on how much money you've got in your pocket. That was Alex Bell there talking to Alex Allenson, the Ramsey MHK. And thank you, Tanya Humbles, now August Hansen, of course, with that. And as the public's views were garnered, the campaign for abortion law modernisation implored people to get involved. Residents should consider views on abortion before responding to the public consultation. That from a Manx pro-choice spokesperson. Public consultation has begun to address the draft abortion reform bill. It's been steered through by the Ramsey MHK, Dr Alex Allenson. It calls for measures like making early pregnancy terminations available on the island so women won't have to travel, which they have done uh, historically, and pay out for the expensive procedure. Campaign for Abortion Law Modernisation Calm says it's happy with the draft legislation and hopes women here give themselves a voice. Calm's Samantha Morris told Tanya Humbles public participation is the key. I think it's absolutely critical that the public put forward their views. This isn't a matter that's been discussed in tin walls for decades and to my knowledge it's not actually something that's been, that, that the public's been asked to give their opinion on in the past. Um, so what we have now is a piece of draft legislation that sets forward some proposals for making abortion a bit more available in the Isle of Man um, and I think it's really important that people respond to that and say what they think. We know that we've heard an overwhelming pro-choice um, uh, viewpoint from the people we speak to and um, from pe- from people commenting on Facebook and sort of other social media um, and really what we have to do is make sure that everybody does go onto um, the website which is um, 
consult.gov.im and gives their, gives their views so that the government know what people are thinking. Now, in the press release, you said that women should be providing their views. Why should women be stepping forward? I think it's important that women do have a chance to say, um, you know, how they feel about that. What a lot of people tend to find is they don't even really know about this as an issue until they themselves are in the situation. Uh, And it's something that we all tend to keep quite quiet. It's not something that we would, you know, openly talk about amongst friends. I think it's really important that women do respond to this consultation. It's uh, a safe way to give your views. There's a, a facility for you to ask to be kept anonymous. And it's the first time in decades that people have had a chance to be able to say their views. And what's Carm's stance on the legislation itself presently and, and how it's moving forward? We're absolutely delighted that this, that you know, for the first time in ages, we've actually got something on paper. Uh, we're really delighted that politicians have listened to us and have, uh, you know, really focused on making abortions, particularly in the early stages, available on Ireland. And we're really delighted that things like counselling have, have been involved, things like protecting uh, medical staff's conscientious clause that's in there as well and so we're really really pleased that those things have been included an appeal for the public to get involved in that that's calms a spokesman samantha morris Jeremiah john moss for that introduction this week in a slight change of format we're bringing you a retrospective timeline of discussion about one of the defining social issues of a generation we've followed the journey of efforts to reform the island's abortion legislation from the gathering of momentum prior to the general election in 2016 as far as the public consultation process the following summer We've also heard from two opposing schools of thought on the issue, represented by two campaign groups. With the proposed bill put forward, and as that consultation drew to a close, John Moss spoke to both sides in a bumper mandate special. We're expecting the results of a major public opinion survey this morning on what could be a drastic shift in social policy for women on the Isle of Man. A six-week consultation on reforming our current laws on abortion concluded last month. It was led by the Ramsey MHK, Dr Alex Allenson. We've finished uh, the public consultation possibly the biggest one ever seen on the Isle of Man. Over 3,600 3, people submitted their views and the vast majority of people want reform on the Isle of Man. 87% feel that women should have the, the right to request abortion um, up until 14 weeks, whatever the reason they give. And I think this is a, a, a landmark um, part, part of our history that we're actually listening to women, trusting women's judgment and respecting them. Well, should these proposed changes eventually go through, Manx women will be entitled to terminate a pregnancy for any reason up to 14 weeks and thereafter in more extreme circumstances. Uh, We'll be hearing uh, from here later on. Now, here is humanity and equality and abortion reform. But first, joining me in the studio, thanks very much for joining me, is Stephanie Kelsey. Good morning. morning. Uh, From the island's pro-choice group Calm, the Campaign for Abortion Law modernization well it seems from what uh, dr allenson has said there that the case is made done and dusted and it's just a question of going through as far as you're concerned it's it's certainly excellent news we understand um that the consultation heard from um, a wide variety of voices so um although yeah 87 percent of people has come out in favor were you surprised with that level uh, we we knew we we were very confident that the majority of people would be in favour of reform. Obviously, we were delighted that it was so high. The the argument is, of course, it was weighted in favour of this just such a decision. What and we've heard that on the news. What do you say to that? Well, the first question, for example, from what I remember, said, um, uh, "Do you agree that women should 
have the choice to request a termination up to 14 weeks. It's a, I can't see any bias in that. Um, it wasn't an emotional question. Um, I think the, the group that calls themselves pro-life prefer to rely on emotion, emotive issues. Perhaps perhaps if they had worded the consultation, they would have put... It has to be said, they probably emotion feel emotionally it. about this. Some people feel very strongly about this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you feel people very people on both sides well. feel very strongly about it. But I think that the consultation was worded in a very neutral way. People had their chance to reply. Um, and people from both sides, from every angle of the debate, did reply. Um, the majority of them were in favour of reform. Well, over 80%, but let's look at the figures, 3,000 plus. It's still less than a tenth of the overall population. It there? is, but I mean, the prescription charge, for example, that's that's a very interesting and relevant debate at the moment. Um, the consultation for that, I think it got um, two and a, uh, 250 people replied to that. So relatively speaking, and this was this was an excellent response, um, and, you know, research groups, when people choose research groups, they often choose far smaller groups than this on which to base their research. This is an excellent response rate. There was also uh, support for putting legal protections in place against protests and demonstrations outside abortion clinics. But but that's stifling people's rights to actually oppose abortion, isn't it? Not at all. People, if they want to oppose abortion, can oppose abortion to their representative, to their member of Tinwald, um, rather than... Um, outside a, a clinic or, or a centre where abortions are taking place. Um, that's not appropriate when somebody's going for a, a, a medical procedure. People still have the right to protest, certainly, but in the right place, through the right avenues. You've still got Timwell to get through that hurdle, of course. Yes. Be confident that will happen? Well, we trust that the, the members of Timwell will listen to people's opinion, and people's opinion has cl- clearly shown from what we can tell that, um, that most people are in favour of reform. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, we know that around about 100 women ended their pregnancies last year. I think it was about 80-something, was it? Uh, well, that, well, that's we, the official figure, wasn't it? Well, uh, we, we, we believe it's more. We know that 100 people travelled to the UK and gave the Isle of Man as their registered address. So we don't know about people who took um, medication that they may have ordered illegally on the internet. The medication is safe. So you'd expect the figure to rise if this goes through, if Tim would agrees this. You'd well, what's the interesting about that is that we will be, the government, I mean, sorry, will be able to keep track far better. So at the moment, um, nobody knows for sure how many people are having terminations. That means that those people aren't getting follow-up. Nobody knows the reasons for why they're having terminations. Is Are they on the right kind of contraceptive? Are they getting the right kind of advice? Are they being abused? Those kind of issues aren't coming up because we were not able to track the figures because the abortions are happening off-island um, or on-island but illegally. Stephanie Kelsey from CALM, the Campaign for Abortion Law Modernisation. Thanks for joining us. We're not finished with the subject yet because we're going to hear the other point of view. James Davis has been talking to Sue Richardson from here. Now, that's Humanity and Equality in Abortion Reform, and asked her what she made of these findings. It isn't very surprising because the questions that were asked on the survey were geared towards getting this sort of answer. You Are you to, saying it was aimed at those who I wanted the law changed? Aimed, it was aimed at the people who wanted the laws to be changed. And as far as I know, Dr Allenson himself put those questions on the survey so that he wants the law to be changed, obviously, because it's his bill. This week, he invited somebody over to give a briefing to Tim Wold, uh, and it was completely a pro-choice person. So that was hardly unbiased, was it? Well, there is evidence, Dodd Allenson admits, to support the view that the consultation could have been overwhelmed by responses with a, a particular point of view. Whether that's happened or not, it's hard to tell. But what do you, as a, 
as a body here do now? Because this is one consultation, but presumably there's still the option for a committee to look in this. This is only the start, isn't yes. it? Yes. Oh, yes. We want it. We would like it to see it go to a consultation committee because uh, then people will be able to put their views further. People who are obviously they'll be biased one way or another, but at least it won't be as biased as, as a survey because the survey was completely biased. And here would like to see more people given an opportunity to, to speak. Do we need a new bill? Is there an acknowledgement of, of that? No, they, we don't need a new bill at all. The 1995 uh, Medical Defences Act, it, it covers what, what people say they want. There's been a big um, cry about the rape issue, and obviously it's a terrible thing for a woman to be raped, but this is covered in the, the current re- legislation. What... Um, I think the pro-choice lobby want is for ladies not to have to sign an affidavit to say they've been raped. They say, why should they have to do? But why should a person who's, who has raped somebody get away with it by the, a woman um, not having to sign anything? He, he should be brought to justice. I think what people are forgetting, particularly with all these, uh, all that's been said by um, the pro-choice lobby, is that we are dealing with babies, not just little blobs of uh, cells. And well, when yeah. when does a blob of cells, a fetus, become a baby, in your view? Well, it, it becomes a baby. On conception, it, eight weeks, conception. 12 weeks, 14 weeks? No, at conception, we believe that it, it's a baby at conception. When the sperm meets the egg, it's a baby. And all it needs then is time. Do Carmen here need to compromise more here? Are calm too liberal? That means abortions can be readily available quite a, a distance into the pregnancy, up to 24 weeks, for example. Does calm need to pull back on that? Does here need to think, well, actually, look, if the woman's had the trauma of being raped or there's exceptional circumstances, that an abortion should be allowed? Is there somewhere you can meet in the, in the middle here? Yes, well, I, I do see that. Abortion is, is never decided easily, not by any, any mother. It's always a difficult choice. But it's very difficult to compromise with a, a baby's life. It's very difficult for people who believe that a, a child is a child at conception to say, well, if it's a little bit further along, it's OK to, to kill that child because there are many children that are born that aren't particularly wanted and uh, there's something wrong with them. You don't kill them because they're inconvenient. The product of that union is a baby. And we can't compromise with anybody's life. We can't say this person or that person who's who's born and living and walking about, oh, he's not convenient, he's not any use to society, so we'll, we'll remove them. And you can't do it before they're born. That's what we believe. Where do you go from here? Today is the 50th anniversary of the um, passing of the UK Abortion Act. It was passed in 1967 at exactly 11.05 in the morning. And to, today, we're going to have a, a silence of one minute outside Timwall to, to, to commemorate the 8.8 million babies, which is a massive amount of babies that have died. All human beings, all potential lives, all lives, they have died since 1967. And so we're going to gather just for a minute, silently remembering those lives outside Timwald. That's both sides of the discussion, argument, whatever. That was Sue Richardson from Humanity and Equality in Abortion Reform. We've heard from Stephanie Kelsey for the Campaign for Abortion Law Modernisation. Um, the uh, talk that was given uh, to Tim Wood members was from the uh, Royal College of Midwives, uh, incidentally. From you, we have this uh, re-14 weeks pregnancy limit 
uh, being too late. Women with irregular menstruation may not even know they're pe- pregnant until a good proportion of that time. My wife only found out she was pregnant with our first child at about 12 weeks, and even two weeks is a very short time to go through whatever is necessary to make the decision and have an abortion if that is necessary. Jeremiah John Moss there speaking on mandate in October 2017. So we heard from Calm and from here in that reflective piece. Another group I've yet to mention who played a significant role in bringing the debate into the public eye was campaign group Abort 67. Taken from the group's website, Abort 67 is the name given to the public education project that seeks to change how we view abortion. Through proving the humanity of the unborn child and showing the facts of what abortion does to that unborn child, we hope that society changes its thinking on abortion and consequently its behaviour. Abortion is a matter of human rights that all should be concerned about. It's not just a religious issue. However, many of our supporters and volunteers do belong to a number of faith groups. Based in the UK, the group brought a significant presence to the island during the process of legislative reform to undertake what it calls public education demonstrations. A UK pressure group whose visit to the island generated controversy last month has warned residents against using violence as protesters return this week. Abort 67 stood up public debate last month when placards depicting images of terminated foetuses were put up on display in central Douglas. Now the group has announced it will return to the legislative buildings on Prospect Hill this week and next to show what it calls the reality of MHK Dr Alex Allenson's abortion reform bill before it's presented to the House of Keys. Pro-choice group Handmaid's Isle of Man has responded, vowing to organise a counter-demonstration as an antidote. Abort 67 has urged sensitive residents to stay away from Tinwald buildings until next Wednesday if they don't want to see graphic abortion images. Alex Bell there. And so, moving now to December 2017, protests from those not wishing to see the abortion law reformed continued to gather pace. The abortion debate continued in the capital this afternoon. A group opposed to planned reform spoke to passers-by and also displayed graphic images of unborn children. It's a month before proposed measures which would make abortion more readily available in the Isle of Man are presented to the House of Keys. James Davis went to the Abort 67 presentation in Regent Street in Douglas, where the issue met some resistance, though not necessarily for reasons you'd expect. This is the Isle of Man. We have our own parliament. We pass our own laws, which are up for debate and discussion at the moment. They should be protesting in their own country, which is the United Kingdom, as I pointed out to them. Their laws are more liberal than they are here at the moment, and that's where they should be concentrating their efforts. It has nothing to do with them. Of course, both sides of this emotive argument have brought people over from across to highlight cases and examples throughout parts of the UK and Europe where the laws have changed and where the laws haven't changed. So isn't it actually important that the island has the full information on both sides before it makes this decision? Yes, but we don't need people from the UK to come here because we can, but they've all, been through we this. can all access information. But is it the correct information? You tell me. In the words of Donald Trump, is it fake news? I definitely don't think that they need to be shown. So if anybody wants to see these images, they can research it then go onto the website if that's really what they need to see to make their choice then that is their choice but it should not be thrust in our faces in a public place especially on a day like today which is a family day 
it's it's Christmas time. It's the it's the middle of the day during the Santa Dash. Somebody's obviously picked their time very well, haven't they? They're real pictures. So where do you where, where do you stand on abortion? When should it be available? When shouldn't it be available? Listen, I. I'm not here to discuss when abortion should be available or when it shouldn't. That no, but that's is, what it comes down to ultimately, isn't it? It's that decision for the end of the day which is going to be decided one way I, or another. I think circumstance should certainly dictate, but above all, it should be the woman's choice. This is why we're out here to have this debate because some people come up and, they, and we have it's not people. A debate. You're out here on, to shock. Well, we're out here to, to talk about this. Every embryology medical textbook says that human life begins at the very moment of fertilisation. No, My offence is not about the debate. My offence is about you holding these images up here and putting them in people's faces and upsetting people. Obviously, have your debate. I don't want to shut that down. I don't want to shut the discussion down. It's not right to. Constant dialogue is, is how we should progress as human beings, as a society. But you should not be putting images like that in my face. We've talked with countless women, and we even have a lady here who's had an abortion as well, and she'll tell her story. But know, we've had women, women had come abortions. up to us, yeah, were, and we all were do. Well we've had them in our family. Yeah. I've got them in my family as well. It's affected one in three women in the UK, so it's affected most families. Yeah. And we've had women come up to us and say, oh my gosh, it has ribs, it has hands, the doctors never told me. And if they told me, I would never have done it. And that's that's fact. Well, that's that, that, truth. If that well, information no, that, that, was given to these women, that's it's, well, it's truth. How no, can you I'm say sorry. that to six women in one day came up to us and said that? Protesters and passers-by at the Abort 67 presentation, which was held in Regent Street in Douglas this afternoon. Jeremiah, you and Gorn there speaking in December 2017. The following month, as we move into 2018, the nature of the pro-life protests became the subject of some concern from politicians. An MHK is raising concerns over graphic anti-abortion street protests to the House of Keys this morning. Douglas Central member and call it will call on the Policy and Reform Minister Chris Thomas to consider banning offensive placards from public demonstrations. Pro-life pressure group Abort 67 have become a familiar fixture around the island in recent weeks with their highly controversial depictions of terminated fetuses. Mrs Corlett says it's caused great distress to many residents, including families with young children. She says such shock tactics are unnecessary. I'm not questioning the right to protest. I would defend that to my last breath. And it's actually not about pro or anti-abortion. It's about some censorship of material that is displayed on the street. And call it MHK. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. Before the break, tensions were rising as public demonstrations on the abortion issue took a more upfront turn leading up to January 2018. And it was to be a pivotal month in the legislative process as the bill in its latest form received its first reading. Meanwhile, public demonstrations from both sides grew, including some instances where there were direct meetings on the street between the two sides of debate. It was slightly surreal. A march of hundreds along the promenade in the rain yesterday in Douglas uh, with large green screens being held up to block out the message of a much smaller group. The main march of women of man, eventually about 300, mostly women but quite a few men, set off from the war memorial on Douglas Promenade towards the seat terminal. About two-thirds of the way along stood a small number of protesters from Abort 67 who are against abortion. Abortion will be obviously debated in the Keys tomorrow when Dr Allenson bill starts its passage or goes through 
The march arrived at the spot. The marchers were told to be silent as they parched by the alternative protest, indeed to look the other way. So they did that, turning their gaze to the choppy waters of Douglas Bay. A number of MHKs were there, adding their support. Claire Betterson, Daphne Kane and David Cretney. First I spoke to Martin Birkins. Um, I'm here to support women in general. I think um, it's fortuitous that it's come up today, this protest, and the fact that the abortion bill is going it's through... A, it's a protest, but what, what is, is the protest uh, against? It's, it's about women's rights, isn't it? They... For many, many years they have um, fallen behind perhaps men's rights. I think you can say that quite happily and we need to give them a leg up. And it's very important that uh, with the keys uh, and the abortion issue coming up in the keys on Tuesday, that um, they, they get the choice at the end of it all. Here's the lady with the banner, Women of the World Unite and Act. Uh, not that many banners about. Um, a lot of umbrellas in there. Various colours. Excuse me, you're asking people to dress up? Yes. As what? Um, as anything that's fun. Um, it's for, it's for um, the benefit of the children. Um, to kind of, it's a fun family event. There's a banana just to break. There's a banana. And we have some doctors who to dress up. Fantastic. Thank you. As I've been <laughs> speaking, there are more people arriving. I would say the figure is closer to 200 now. Uh, people, bright colours, umbrellas, as I said, the majority are women, there are quite a good sprinkling of men in amongst them have off in their support, we just heard obviously from Martin Perkins. I couldn't be proud anymore, Ireland at the moment, it's just incredible with the weather and everything else, it's just fantastic, thank you so much, it means the world. You know we've got visitors here who have got their own message for today. Um, measures have been put in place as most of you will have seen to protect young and vulnerable. If you're one of those people we've got sort of stewards that can help um, so please come and find us and let us know if you're someone who would like to be shielded from from whatever they've got for us today. David Crenny, good turn huh? Very good turn, and to better, you know, given what the weather's like here today, it's miserable. But this is more important than any miserable weather. This is very important. Well, they then marched along the promenade. Um, about two thirds of the way along was the small group from Abort uh, 67 who are waiting there as the marchers uh, went by them. They lifted up uh, large green screens uh, between the marchers and Abort 67 and uh, asked uh, their marchers to gaze towards the sea and to be silent, which is what happened. Uh, afterwards, though, we spoke to uh, the group from Abort 67. Pauline was their spokesman. They hold death of the unborn child, but they can't bear to look at what abortion does. All we're doing is showing the reality of abortion. If you say that you think abortion is a good thing, I've had an abortion myself and abortion is not a good thing. Abortion ends the lives of our children and they can't even look at it. There's a picture of a 22-week aborted fetus here and Dr. Allison's bill is bringing in abortion up to 24 weeks. Don't you think that as women we should know the reality of what is going to happen to our unborn children? Is it fair to come to a pre-organised protest march which concerns a, a different matter and overtake the message? 
I think that they were all wearing red and it was going to be a handmaidens. I thought it was going to be a handmaidens thing which were very strong against abortion. And all of the um, websites and the Facebook page, I believe, are very pro-abortion that are on this march. So I think it's a little bit strange to say it's nothing to do with abortion because we're on the island and they, they don't like to see what we're showing. So they're trying to keep us away from showing the reality of what they are so keen on. That's Pauline, who's a spokesperson for Abort 67. And then, at the end of January 2018, the bill passed perhaps its most significant hurdle with flying colours. Well, sure to be dominating headlines here on the Isle of Man is what went down yesterday in the House of Keys, a landmark stage for a landmark piece of legislation. Plans to reform abortion law on the Isle of Man passed a major hurdle in the National Parliament. After what years of what Ramsey MHK Alex Allenson described as island laws turning a blind eye to the plight of women, new measures unanimously received their second reading in the Keys. They allow, allowing women at a termination up to 14 weeks into a pregnancy, up to 24 weeks if there are serious health concerns or social grounds why a birth should not go ahead. There'll be a chance for some further debate when a number of amendments are expected to be tabled at the crucial clauses stage next month. Now first, an attempt by East Douglas MHK Chris Robertshaw to form a committee to look at the bill failed. And after the debate, which lasted more than three and a half hours, James Davis caught up with some reform supporters. We were absolutely delighted, firstly, that the bill has, um, was passed through its second reading unanimously, which shows that the House um, fully agrees with us that the current provision is unsatisfactory, is failing the women of the Isle of Man. And secondly, that um, the amendment to bring the bill to a, a select committee has been firmly rejected. So now we're looking forward to the next reading. I suppose the next reading is the um, is the key one, if you like, the nitty-gritty. Yes, yeah, somebody mentioned the word nitty-gritty in there, yeah, that's right. And we trust that members will take the time in between this reading and the next one to, um, to really thoroughly read through the clauses, read through the submissions by all the experts, come to their own opinions so that we can have a full and frank debate in public. Do you believe now there are going to be a, a whole host of amendments and changes to what is proposed? I'm sure there'll be some amendments um, that, that was mentioned today. We're trusting the members that they won't amend the bill so much that it doesn't resemble the bill that Alex is bringing at the moment. We trust that um, they will, as I said, consult the experts, trust his medical background and listen to the people of the Isle of Man. But on the whole, the general principles now supported and, and you believe it's good news for the Isle of Man? We're delighted. Well, your reaction to what you've heard today? Uh, I think it's great. I'm I'm not actually sort of an organiser. I'm just a supporter. But um, well, why did you come along today? Though you obviously felt strongly enough. Yeah, um, I've sort of I've heard both sides of the argument and sort of firmly resolved that I was on this one. <laughs> um, and I just I thought it'd be interesting. It was a really interesting experience actually. Um, I've never sat in on the House of Keys before, and it was a really interesting debate that went on. And obviously ecstatic that um, it's turned out the way it has. <laughs> well, your, your reaction first and foremost, because obviously I can see judging by your attire, you're very much supporting the, the Calm group today. Uh, well, uh, Handmaids more than, uh, handmaids, more than Calm, yeah. really, but, but I suppose it's the same thing really. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited that it was, it was unanimous and it's just kind of lost for words. <laughs>
Well, the gallery we're told was packed in the quays yesterday with supporters and politicians from the upper house turning out to watch proceedings. Douglas resident Deborah McCann was there amongst them. Now, at the age of 17, she was attacked at knife point. She later underwent an abortion herself. And James Davis put it to her that there was now much detail to discuss. Absolutely. It's uh, building up to the clause stages. Um, members thinking now long and hard about any suggested amendments they may have to individual clauses. And I would just also like to say, if I might, James, that I was incredibly impressed by the robust, civilised, honest... You almost sound surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm, I think sometimes we become cynical in life. And I've never been more proud to live on the Isle of Man than I was today. And I was just so proud to be in Timwald and to see all our MHKs openly discussing and finally unanimously agreeing to actually pass the bill towards the clauses stage. Have we got sidetracked? Have the, the lines been blurred somewhat? I don't believe they have. The... The main issue that was discussed today, and I think absolutely everyone has accepted, is that abortion is a healthcare issue. It should be taken out of the realm of criminalization. It is purely a women's healthcare issue. There are many views, many people whose opinions are important, but the crux of the matter is that it's about woman's health with a correct support both medically, counselling, involved. What about an unborn child's health? Medically, there is actually no such thing as an unborn child. I know that's very difficult to say. But until a child is actually born, it is, it's an embryo, it's a fetus. But you, on the other side, you've seen, you'll have seen, we've all seen images of Unborn fetuses, if we, if I like, nine, ten, twenty weeks old, with arms, with legs, with fingers, with toes, movement. Would they be able to live outside of the mother's uterus? If they would not, then they're never going to become a child, and that is a really sad fact of life. You know, I've had friends who've miscarried, I've had friends who've had stillborns, and it's an appalling thing to go through. Abortion is purely about choice. There are many, many other choices that women may choose. So should it be purely about the woman's choice and nothing else? For me, yes. Fundamentally, it should be about the woman's right to choose. So no protection for the unborn child? I find the premise of that question impossible to accept because the bill is not about that. It's about women's health care. Under, as it stands, under human, human rights legislation, there is no legal definition of the rights of a fetus. Moving on from that viewpoint, now it goes to the, the clauses stage. Do you believe, the, now that the body of, of, of modernisation has been supported, that the, the body of these proposals will be supported? I believe they will. Um, if you were in Timwall, you'd have heard that there were some... Um, very valid and sensible suggestions made and I believe that the members of Timwall will take all of these on board and I think that the bill that Dr Alex Allenson has proposed there will be subtle but fundamental 
and important, compassionate changes which will establish the bill as an absolute milestone in the world of healthcare and also legalisation or taking rather women's healthcare out of the criminal code. Just finally, we spoke to you last year. I know you, you've spoken to the newspaper this week. Have your traumatic personal experience made you more determined than ever to, to help other women in the island? I think we're all in life affected by our experiences. What happened to me happened a long time ago. And it's only in recent years that, it, oh, in fact, really, the last couple of years I've been able to actually speak about it. I think there always needs to be more help for women. And yes, I'm determined that we all, men and women alike, should help each other. There were key words that were used in the chamber today. It was love compassion, support. And that is something that we should all, as human beings, give to each other, whatever the issue. Deborah McCann there, who's very bravely spoken about what happened to her all those years ago. Speaking to James Davis there, we've had one comment in from uh, Mr Tomlinson, who says what made yesterday's debate was the fact that it was a free vote, usually collective responsibility. That old chestnut strangles true debate as the outcome is predetermined. Without this yesterday, politicians were able to reflect the true public sentiment. Alex Spell there. The clauses stage was next. In April 2018, a somewhat green newsreader broke the news. Reforms to the island's abortion laws have moved a step closer in the House of Keys today. MHKs have now completed the consideration of clauses stage of Dr Alex Allenson's private member's bill. Members this morning debated the details of access zones designed to protect those seeking abortion services from intimidation and harassment, as well as the legislative impact of defining a person's health. Earlier in the sitting, Eyre and Michael MHK Alf Cannon requested an adjournment of a week to allow the Attorney-General to offer advice on whether the draft bill was compliant. The legislation will now move on to third reading. But after scrutiny from the Legislative Council and some amendments, it wasn't until November 2018 that the Abortion Reform Bill would finally clear the legislative process. So, that's it, right? Well, fast forward to the 24th of May 2019, a week ago on Friday, the new bill and legislation came into effect on the Isle of Man after being confirmed by the Health Minister David Ashford in the February sitting of Tinwald. But there are still a few details to be ironed out. Ed Oldham spoke to Dr Alex Allinson. Friday the uh, 24th of May was a landmark day in the Isle of Man with the abortion legislation being introduced. However... According to a number of people on Twitter, including the campaign group Calm Isle of Man, it seems that its introduction in terms of the information made available has not been the best. So what's been going on? I'd agree with you there. I think the Department of Health didn't put out clear information straight away um, first thing um, in the morning. Um, the Department of Health had a bit of a battering last week in Timwald. We had some major debates about the structure and function of them. They've been busy with that. You broadcast um, news about multiple sclerosis drugs as well. There's loads of different um, comp- competing priorities for the department. But they, I think they should have handled, handled this better. The reality is that we are the first place in the British Isles where women, if they have an unintended pregnancy... Um, they can actually phone an advice line. They can get the advice and the counselling they need. They can get direct access to abortion services. 
One of the problems that, that CALM highlighted was it was unclear whether those services would be provided on Ireland or off Ireland. Those services, for medical terminations, will be on Ireland for the first time. Um, but there may be some surgical terminations in, in the, an interim period where women may still have to go across to the UK, but that will be fully funded and organised by our NHS. And the difference between medical and surgical is? Medical terminations are, are, are done in the early stages of a pregnancy. In progressive countries where you have access to abortion services, they account for up to 85% of, of cases now. And women can be given, after full counselling, tablets to basically induce a, a miscarriage and can do that at home in, the, in their own environment and surrounded by support from their friends and families. And this is the big change that we will be able to provide this on Ireland instead of exiling women to the UK. And we've heard terrific stories about um, people miscarrying on their way home. One of the things that CALM has been really successful in doing is highlighting those personal stories of women on the Isle of Man. And I applaud them for that. Um, and I also applaud them for, for making sure that, that the pressure is kept up to make these services as good as possible. Although Friday was a landmark day, it doesn't stop here. We can still improve the services we offer. We can improve the, the services we offer for women across contraception and reproductive services. And one of the big things about the Timwell debate was putting the patient at the centre of healthcare. And I think this service, being the newest service provided, is an ideal opportunity to do that. Surgically, though, if, if, if a surgical procedure is required, women still always will have to go off island for those? Not always. No. Okay. We, we, we've got an interim period whereby some of those may have to go off island, some of those may be able to be provided um, at Nobles. As we develop that service, I hope all the, all the services can be provided on the Isle of Man. But there are some particular training requirements. We need to make sure that we have the right number of staff who are available at the right times to provide a resilient service as well. And so I think that having the support of BPAS in the UK to come over and do that training, to do that support, we can actually have our own service here that, that can last and can provide what people expect. It seems now going on um, the reaction of the likes of Calm on Twitter that there has been clarification at least so because there did seem to be great confusion there on social media and, and not a not a small amount of um, disquiet about that really, there, there, as well. I, I think I think there was anger. I think uh, uh, women on the Isle of Man have been waiting fifty years for this. Um, it, it's not a, a big celebration because these services should have been provided years ago. But women want to clear um, you know, uh, instructions as, as to what they could access and how they could access it. There is now a booking information number, 642-521. It's open from 7 in the morning to 11 p.m. every day where you can phone up and get advice. They will know if you get, tell them your postcode, you're from the Isle of Man. They can tailor that advice to you. You can... F get them to phone you back. There is that clear, confidential, unbiased counselling available so that women can make the right decisions for them and their families. Dr Alex Allenson speaking with Ed Oldham there. So... There we have it. All sides of debate on abortion on the Isle of Man seem to agree that we now have one of, if not the most liberal sets of laws in Europe or even the world. But whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is in itself open to much debate, of course. 
Parallel discussions have taken place all over the world and continue to do so. Last month, The Guardian reported Alabama's Republican-controlled state Senate has passed a near-total ban on abortion, making it a crime to perform the procedure at any stage of pregnancy. The abortion ban is the strictest in the US and allows an exception only when the woman's health is at serious risk. The measure contains no exception for rape or incest. The bill now moves to the desk of Alabama's Republican governor, Kay Ivey, who is anti-abortion and is expected to sign it. Closer to home, abortions also proven to be divisive to the west of the Isle of Man as debate continues in Ireland. I suspect it isn't the last we've heard of these discussions and I also suspect campaigners on both sides will continue to make their voices heard, both off and on the Isle of Man. Thanks for listening. The Nation Station, Manx Radio.